Welcome back, everyone, yet again to the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. I am Juwan Arrington, and we are streaming live right now on Twitch, on our 100 Series Twitch channel. So if you're joining us now on Twitch, welcome to another live presentation of the podcast. Super excited that we're being able to, to do this now through the wonderful app known as Twitch. And I am super excited because... I have probably one of the, the top yoga entrepreneurs here in the Quad Cities on the podcast, ready to chop it up and share it with us. We have Abby Webster Moran in the building. How are you, Abby? Hey, Jawan. That was a really kind introduction. Thank you. I'm doing awesome. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're kind of doing something that's uh, really cool today. I just was a guest on on your podcast. Now you're being a guest on on my podcast. So I'm super excited that uh, we can both uh, be able to share our passions with uh, both of our audiences. It's a really fun way to do it too. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into, we got a lot to talk about. I want to talk to you about your, your yoga business. I want to talk to you about how you've handled things all year long with uh, the pandemic and everything. I want to talk about you know, your own podcast so that my followers can go check you out on, and see what you're doing. So yeah. before we get into all of that, uh, go ahead and just tell everyone exactly who is Abby Webster Moran. Oh my gosh, how much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I am a 44-year-old mom of three. I'm married to my best friend and my best friend, Shannon Moran. He and I are the co-owners and creators of Indigo Wellness Studios. Um, we've been doing the yoga wellness business thing since 2006. Uh, in 2019, we, we put all our eggs in one basket. We did the thing that they say you shouldn't do, right? But we built our studio um, in 2019, and uh, that was going nicely. And then, you know, the pandemic hit, right? But that's okay. We're, we are working through it uh, and, and rolling with the changes, and it's really, really taught us a lot. Uh, in addition to teaching a lot of yoga, um, we teach the community. We teach uh, other teachers. I also, as you mentioned, I do have a podcast that I started this year and it's something I didn't know I would love so much, but I really do. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I do all kinds of random things, but those are my main gigs, I suppose. And and it's funny that you mentioned you and your husband started Indigo because I remember, and oh my gosh, this was probably a long time ago. I'm talking about like before 100 series even began. I was still working at Walmart at the time. I was the cashier and I'm pretty sure I bumped into your husband. He came through my line and he told me about that does the, not, the yoga studio. That does not surprise me. And that used to happen all the time. So that's awesome to hear because I'm sure that was true. <laughs> he still <Yeah>. does it. <laughs> yeah. And he gave me the car and Aww. it was Indigo. Now that I, now that I remember. That's and awesome. I was like, that was like the, the first yoga studio that I had heard of at that time. Now there are so many other ones, but I remember Indigo was the first yoga studio that I heard about in the Quad Cities. We really worked hard at trying to get that word out. He was really good about always having the business card. To this day, I still never have one with me, but he always does. But we really wanted to be that friendly face to make sure everybody knew they were welcome and to just let people know that, hey, it's not scary. You can do it. Trust us. Come and join us. We wanted to really be that friendly face for people. So I'm glad to hear that that had an impression out there. Oh, it, it definitely did. It definitely did. And I've gone to Indigo several times. Uh, I'm good friends with one of your instructors, uh, Lady Gotcha. Uh, yes. Yeah. We love Carrie. She's amazing. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, let's just talk. Let's go to the very beginning. Let's talk about like how did you first get introduced to yoga? Okay, good, good. So actually, I grew up, my mom was always like legs up the wall or doing some weird yoga shoulder stand. My, I had an awareness of yoga my whole life, but I didn't really start practicing until I was in massage therapy school. I was in massage therapy school probably 1999, 2000. Um, and that's where I was first introduced by a lady named Regini from the Davenport School of Yoga. And it really just lit something up inside of me. And so classically, I was trained as a massage therapist. Most of my adult life, that's what uh, I had done. And along the way, after massage therapy school and being introduced to that and starting to kind of do my own thing, I discovered, gosh, I am, I am working on people hours a day to try to get them to get pain out of their bodies. And I discovered, boy, if I could share yoga with them, I could empower people to be in charge of their own pain intention levels. Not that we can't still get some help from a massage therapist along the way, but you know, helping people figure out how to help themselves was really inspiring to me. And that's really where it kind of all began uh, in terms of uh, where I wanted to, to, to start teaching or why I wanted to start teaching. That's incredible that you went from one like relaxation profession to another relaxation profession. They, they go hand in hand very well. And for a long time, I did both. Uh, for a long time, I will say massage uh, therapy is hard on a human body. These fine tools are not meant for some of that stuff long term. And so I, I definitely hit a burnout stage and I haven't done massage therapy in a long time, but love the work and um, continue to, to have massage therapists on our team because all those things really do go well together. Nice. And at what point did you, were you and your husband like, you know what, we're going to start a yoga studio. It's funny you should ask that. I had to kind of drag my husband kicking and screaming into this idea. He's, you know, not a natural risk taker. And I, I think you and I maybe have this in common, Juan. I, I'm an idea person. I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always thinking of, gosh, how can we take this thing and make it better? How can we, you know, make something nice for the community? And so it took a little time to convince him. And I used to work at a day spa. And at first we were kind of trying to find, maybe we could all work together. And it really became this like, square peg, round hole situation. And so I just started working on a business plan. My husband is amazing, but he is not going to just be like, yeah, great idea. I have to have like a full business, even to this day, if I want to do something different, I know I need to have all of the things like in a document to show him, this is the potential. This is why this is a good idea. And eventually he trusted me after all that like business planning, writing, you know, pencil to paper of how this could could work for us and we started looking and it honestly took so long to find what we what we wanted and our price range all those things to lease a space that he had kind of said I don't want to hear about a yoga studio right now I'm done and I said all right and then a family member of his called and said listen there's a space it's not advertised it sounds like it hits your budget it's got the parking and the space that you need and that was downtown Moline in 2006 and that is where we started. And we grew from there over a few years to three studios to incorporate hot yoga and start doing a lot of different things. And, you know, bigger isn't always better. We kind of expanded, expanded to all these different places. And then our goal after running around like crazy people was to finally come back home to one spot to have all the services that we did in one spot. And so we did, a, like I said, eventually build that, that space. And we have two hot studios and one non-hot studio all under one roof now. Uh, and boy, in terms of just 
our energy levels of taking care of our, our property and those things. It, it has, that has been a, a nice, uh, a nice transition for us to have one space. Nice. So you guys started in 2006, right? Yes. What was the yoga scene like in the quad cities around then? Like, like, was there one? Like I personally there, can't remember. It was, remember. It was very, that's the thing. There was one other yoga school and it was upstairs in a building. And so not everyone could get to it. And they didn't really advertise. So folks were a little like, is it just for teachers? Is it open to the public? It, it was kind of not clear. And so like, that's really what motivated me is like, I'm, I'm an outgoing person and I want so much to share this with people. I wanted it to be very clear that, hey, you can do this and come on in, do it with us. So, um, so I wanted it to be more of a thing here in the Quad Cities. And yeah, it really didn't take long. That enthusiasm caught on and, and our community has grown tremendously uh, in the how many years since 2006. Uh, uh, it's grown a lot. Um, I will say with the pandemic, it's, it's shifted again, you know, um, but the, but everyone's really responding to doing things differently. You know, we've really, a lot of studios, uh, including our own have, have grown our online services and embraced technology in ways that we maybe were hesitant to do prior to the pandemic. Um, so it's been a really cool progression to, uh, from, from the beginning to where we are now. Nice. I love it. I love it all. I love your, your enthusiasm. You know, I love how jacked and ex excited you are because that's especially because not only are you uh, a business owner, but you also have to be a still a salesperson as well because you have to get memberships, right? You do. You do. And you know, I'm, I've always considered myself a terrible salesperson, but that's the thing is if you love something, it shows, it shines through. And, and I truly am so passionate about this work, this lifestyle, um, and I, and it's real important to me, you know, we share a lot of images that feel fun to us, but sometimes some of these images of our yoga poses can seem so intimidating or like, I don't think I want to do that or I can't do that. So I really hope that it comes across when folks talk to me that, listen, you definitely can do this. Um, that's important to me. So I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. And when you're looking for other instructors like Carrie, yeah. what are some of the qualities that, that you're looking for because with any business anyone that you bring on board is also a representative of your business it so really what are some some things that you're looking for when you're trying mm -hmm. to hire someone we've really been blessed to have just amazing people gravitate towards us you know a conversation we had earlier you talked about how whatever you put out there really comes to you you attract your vibe right and so we've been really fortunate to have just the most amazing people come to us and want to share what they do. Um, so we've been lucky in that way. But things that I look for are people who are really dedicated to their own practice, people who are, are not just getting up there and, and going through the motions, but people who really do practice what they preach um, and people who are willing to meet you where you are and to and again, that friendly face vibe, I want those folks who are, are welcoming, who are going to meet you where you are, no matter what you have going on in your body, no matter what your skill level is, um, communicating that, that belief in each other. Uh, that's, those are the things I look for, and, and I haven't had to look far. Like I said, we've, we've been really blessed to have such just incredible people with amazing talent, and everybody's unique. You know, we're not looking for the cookie cutter. Everybody teaches in the same way or everybody has the same style. That's what I love is that you as an individual bring who you are and that you're established in 
a practice. Uh, those, those things are important. Nice. And now switching or fast forwarding now here into 2020, you mentioned having to readjust as we all have with the pandemic and this ongoing global situation that everyone is in. What have your experiences been like? Obviously here in Illinois, we had the stay at home order back early in the spring. Like how, how did that affect you and how did you adjust? That initial shutdown, no one was prepared, prepared for, right? None of us were prepared. You know, they said two weeks and we were shut down for 105 days. And it's our only source of income. My husband and I, that's our whole life. So as I said before, we put all our eggs in this basket. And it was really scary. And it really made us feel wobbly and not very stable for a moment. Um, so it took a minute. And it even took a minute for us to want to do online teaching because we're so hands-on. We will come prior to the pandemic. We would come and help you, you know? We would maybe lift your hips a little bit or just mm -hmm. gently touch your back or whatever it might be to give encouragement. Yeah. That changed. And so at first we thought, I don't want to teach yoga online. Uh, and that took about a week to realize, well, it doesn't matter what I want. This is what we have to work with. And so we just had to adjust. Um, and it took a minute, but we did. We adjusted. And I will say now that we're in the second shutdown, we saw it coming. We felt way more prepared. We continued our online classes so that we wouldn't have to scramble when the day came. Um, so we just, you know, kept the classes that we had online and have increased that schedule now. And we really got to looking at it this time. Instead of feeling so doom and gloom about it, we started focusing on what we can do. It's true that we are under um, this new mitigation where you can't have group fitness in person, but that's not all we do. We realized, oh my gosh, we can still do online and we have CBD sales, we have gift certificate sales and retail. We can still do one-on-one -on -one services. There are no regulations. There's nothing in the code that says you can't do one-on-one. -on -one. So we still have some things that we can do and we're really gonna focus on that. Something else uh, that I've been working on the last few months, subscription boxes are all the rage. And I thought, gosh, oh, what if nice. we, right? What if we combine some of the amazing products that we carry and include a service in that subscription box, which isn't something everybody does. And so I'm, my website isn't quite where I want it to be with that, but here in the next day or two, I should be launching that. So we're just trying to stay open to the change uh, not let us, not let it knock us too far off course, stay focused and really continue to be a source of support to everyone that has come to rely on us um, in these last several years. Everyone's wobbly, you know, and if, if we as their spiritual, you know, helpers are wobbly, oh, then we're all wobbly. So it, after finding a minute, we really dug deep so that we can continue to be here as a source of support for everybody that needs it the most right now. I think it's incredible you're doing an actual subscription box like i i'm all about the the loot crates and yeah and we should talk things. about and, it because it's yeah. exciting yeah yeah every it's going to be eight months out of the year it's a wheel of the year box and so eight months out of the year finding the magic within it's like if you have those look at the full moon people you know what i mean those folks who just kind of already have that magic vibe in life they're going to be the people that love these boxes uh lots of cool things unique things and yet yeah, you 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 would be all over that kind of thing. So we should talk more and see about getting some 100 series products in there. Yeah, that would be so cool. That would be Absolutely. so cool. Like, like 
Yeah. Because it's really collaboration and that, you know, we've talked about that's your jam and that's what I love too. And so I really want to reach out to other small businesses and, you know, women owned businesses, minority owned businesses, people that are underrepresented that we can come together and do some cool things together. So, you know, always just trying to stay open to, to what else we can do and not focus on, oh crap, we can't do that anymore. You know, you can't stay there. We have to keep uh, looking up, right? I know. And the fact that you're doing all these different things, eventually when the time comes, because nothing lasts forever and things will eventually get back to the way they are or the way they were before everything happened. Now you have more things that that, that you can do. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We just have to focus on all the silver linings that really can and have come from this. And, you know, we'll just get back to a more mindful way of being, a better way of being. So Transition sucks for everybody, but if you can just kind of keep coming back to center, keep kind of surrounding yourself with people who are so inspiring and uplifting like you and, and other creative people, if you keep your circle high and, and, and vibing high, you know, you can get through these, these dark times. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. So what are some of the things that, that you're like doing or listening to or reading to really keep your mindset focused on what you're doing and your goals at this time? I may, it's probably not a traditional response. I should say I'm listening to motivational speakers, but music is something that inspires me greatly. Um, So I, I love, uh, I love some particular artists, uh, but then I also enjoy learning about new artists. So Trey Anastasia, we're big fish heads at my house and he's been streaming live music from the Beacon Theater on Friday nights. That has been our saving grace because it's live music and we all, we get together online with a bunch of friends from all over the country and world and we watch together and like, you know, like little schoolgirls. (laughs) <laughs> get so inspired by this music. So that's one thing. Um, I love listening to podcasts. I love listening to your podcast and a whole range of just different, just different things. Of it, It's not even all the same subject matter. It's just listening to different people who are doing cool things. I just can't get enough of that. Um, and new music that I recently discovered, I love uh, uh, Fresh Air, Terry Gross, Fresh Air on NPR. I'm a big fat nerd. And every Friday, she's got some new artist uh, that's new to me anyway. They aren't new, but new to me. So I've been uh, checking out some jazz in the last few weeks. And, I, you know, just stuff that keeps you, keeps you feeling in tune. I love that you're, that you, that you're listening to, to NPR, which is pr- probably the most relaxing news there is out there. It is. And it's a great, you know, you know, it's going to be a credible source. It's not going to be full of junk. And so um, I try to feed my mind in the same way I feed my body. Not that I don't have junk food. We all do. But I try to keep uh, positive things coming into my mind and my body. So. Nice. And with offering yoga, especially during this time, like talk about like how important it is to be able to have something like yoga to help you relax and to calm down when there is just so much going on right now in the world. It's, I cannot stress enough. And I think folks think, oh, yoga's hard. I can't do that. But let me tell you that the foundation of yoga is your breath. Conscious breathing is really the foundation of the entire thing. And all of us, every one of us can do that. And it is the most powerful tool you have at your disposal is to be conscious of your breath when we're stressed out, whatever it is, if we can learn to just breathe, 
we can really lessen our suffering in almost every situation. Um, and so I really encourage people, even if it's five minutes a day, to do some mindful breathing. And if you're not sure what I mean, there are all kinds of free resources out there. But even as a yogi, even as someone who does have a daily practice, this year has really made me wobbly in moments or, or thrown me off course. Or maybe I've had days where, you know, gosh, it's hard to find that light and that positivity. And these practices, it's just like brushing your teeth or bathing. You have to do a little of that every single day to, to stay in that centered, grounded place where you don't uh, crumble as easily or um, get off center, off kilter as easily. It, it gives us a sense of being more grounded and more supported if we can just give a few moments of mindful attention to it every day. And simple, simple stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. What has been like some of the responses that you've gotten from some of your different members about being able to do the classes and how that's helped them out during right now? You know, the first go around, gosh, everyone was like, oh, thank God, thank God. And then folks, a few weeks in, we're like, especially early in the quarantine, a few weeks in, you know, we were baking banana bread and stuff, right? So they, they would say, okay, I have to admit today, I just like ate ice cream and watched you do yoga. <laughs> but, and then everyone was so excited to come back when we were able to come back. And I felt like we took this time together. Um, we didn't take it for granted like we did before quite as much. We really savored those class time moments. The first time I taught in person after the first round of shutdown, we all cried. It was like, felt so good. Even though we were distanced and all these things, it felt so good to be in this space together. And we all were kind of preparing for this maybe coming and everyone has had such a positive response. It's definitely different and there's a trade-off, right? To doing it online and not in person, but there is a trade-off and there are some things that are nicer about it. You can stay safe and healthy. You can be comfortable. We can see each other without our masks on. It's a way to stay connected and keep us grounded and moving until we can be together again. So most people have been really, really receptive to it and, and happy with those changes. Cool. Have you felt that during all of this that you've been able to be more connected with people now than maybe you had been prior prior to to pandemic? That's a good point, Juan. And I, I really do think that's true because you almost have to be more intentional with it, right? You have to check in. Did you get that link? Do you know how to use it? You know, all these things that maybe you missed out on before. You do have to slow down and you notice, gosh this person that isn't as comfortable with technology, I haven't seen them in a while, it really does impress upon your heart to check in with folks that you might not have been top of mind awareness before all of this. It does slow down and make us connect in different ways. And that is a silver lining and I appreciate it. Nice, very cool. Now, from my podcast, let's talk about your podcast now because you said that you just started your own podcast, right? I did, I started in May, you know, before, <clears throat> so it was kind of early in the pandemic. I had the idea in April, um, kind of got some things together and I launched it really early in May. And my original, it's called No Place Like Om. Like we, the Om is the sound of the universe that we chant in yoga. Uh, and so initially my whole thing was to really focus on mindfulness and uh, you know ways we can have meaningful connections in this new age of social distancing. And not very long after I started the show, and I had several things recorded, not long after I recorded the show, everything changed. 
the death of George Floyd happened and everything changed in our country. Um, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but our awareness changed. Our awareness changed in this country and certainly mine did. I've always considered myself a open hearted, open-minded person, but it really made me stop and look at my own bias and my own privilege and mistakes that I have made and things that I was doing in the yoga world that I wasn't aware of before 2020. Things like um, toxic positivity and spiritual bypassing, for example. Uh, it helped me find this balance between these things of speaking the truth, providing resources for people who were uh, under that veil like I had been before 2020. And so the content of the show in my first season really did shift to as I made these discoveries, I wanted to share to other, particularly white people who um, have made similar mistakes in the yoga world in particular. And so I shifted the content to try to provide resources and to call myself out on some bullshit behavior and to try to try to help other people overcome their bullshit behavior too. So it's still, it was still focused on mindfulness and meaningful connections, but the content did shift to be a little more current with events um, and just the civil unrest that we've experienced this year. Nice, and what, after doing your first season, like what's been your main takeaway from, from what you've covered and what you've learned? It, it, I have to say this year, I feel like I learned so much this year, more than I have in a long time about myself, about the world about privilege, about uh, our bias that we all have. And, and I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I've learned to be a little more sensitive, a little more aware. And, and in terms of, of recording, podcasting, all of this, <laughs> just on a practical level, I am doing my recording a little bit differently. I had like, I don't know how many episodes recorded. And then I threw out several of them that I wasn't going to use because things just change. So I'm trying to, to record my content a little differently to stay more current um, and just be open to, to what's going on right now and, and adjusting accordingly. Very cool. So I'm actually going to switch gears now and I'm going to do another segment on this podcast that's called the crow's nest. And that's where I have a bunch of random questions here in this bag. Oh, exciting. This is I'm, fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull out, uh, three of them and okay. I wrote these several months ago and I don't remember like what's on like most of them anymore. so it's a surprise for both of us I love yeah. it yeah yeah so like I did I did uh, one of these a couple days ago and like even then I totally forgot again <laughs> what they were <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna go ahead and start grabbing uh, questions out of here and they could be just about anything so just okay. see your heads up oh boy <laughs> All right. All right. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, geez. Gosh, let's see. Oh, I, I'm so bad at things like this because I never have like a favorite anything or a least favorite anything. Mm -hmm. Biggest pet peeve. Okay. Recently, my kids and the dishes in their rooms. There's a lot. Where's the cups? Oh, let's check the kids' rooms. It's, that's kind of my biggest recent pet peeve is too many dishes and little pieces of garbage in my kids' room. <laughs> Oh wow! So so it's like so it's like they have like just different plates and, well, and stuff. And for food. everyone's homeschooling right now. You know we're all stuck here, and so yeah, we're, we've kind of 
maybe eased off on some regulations and we probably need to <laughs> tighten them back up again. <laughs> That's funny. Good stuff. All right. Let's go ahead and grab another one. Let's see here. Uh, let's see this one. Oh, what food is your guilty pleasure? Ooh, Indian food. I love Indian food and it's, so filling and I do all the carbs and all the everything, but uh, mantra uh, locally is, is my favorite. And I love their butter chicken with Ooh. lots of, with lots of naan and rice and some pakora. And yeah, I'm, I'm full the next day when I eat it, but yeah, that's definitely my guilty pleasure. And where is that? At? Mantra is on Harrison street in Davenport and they've been around okay. a lot uh, for several years and it is my go-to favorite Indian food locally. I never been there before. Oh, uh, oh you are missing out. out. Do they do have? Uh, I, well, maybe not right now. They probably don't have buffet. Once upon a time, they did. Probably not right now. But definitely check them out. They're amazing and literally consistently the same. Amazing every time. It's never been different. You know what I mean? Sometimes right. like oh, oh, it depends on who's cooking. Nope, it's every time the same. So good. My whole family loves it. So I like that a lot. Yeah, one of my. I mean, it's not Indian food, but one of my favorite. Chinese places is any small lane. It's called Yenching Express. Yeah. And it's like the same thing. So on, on, yeah, owned by the same couple since I've been the going there. And that's been in eighth grade back in the nineties. And, yeah. and yeah, it still tastes the same to this day from Isn't like, Isn't that a big yeah. deal? That's a big deal to me. I love that. Well, I'll change my pet peeve answer when it's not the same. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Let's go ahead and grab one more out of here. I'm scared. I'm nervous. <laughs> what is something no one else knows about you? Oh my gosh. I'm such, a, this is a hard one because I am an open book. Uh, most, well, some people know this, but maybe not a lot of recent friends. I went to uh, Thailand when I was 18. I got to go to Bangkok, Thailand and Singapore, Singapore. If you've known me a long time, you know that, but maybe some of my rec more recent friends don't know that about me. And that is actually where I had my very first massage and where I fell in love with the Eastern culture. I was 18. Wow, Thailand. I've always wanted to check out Thailand. That seems it, like a really cool place. It was just out of this world, amazing. The people were amazing. To see people, you know, really getting into their spiritual lives daily, not just like, I grew up in a really small kind of backward town, you know, where churchgoers on Sunday, everyone shows up at church, but they do whatever the rest of right. But I love seeing that spirit, that spirituality in, infused into every single day moments. It, it, it really did change me. Uh, I went on to go to massage therapy school um, after that. And I've always been way into Eastern philosophy. And I, I have to feel like that was a, probably a huge reason behind all of it. My, my dad worked for Caterpillar. And so he lived overseas and I hadn't seen him in a long time. He actually lived in India, but my stepmom refused to go. And he told her all these stories, you know, and she's like, I'm not going there. And so he arranged to have us meet him in, in Bangkok and Singapore when I was 18 years old, trip of a lifetime. It was very cool. It was very cool. 
And were you just in Bangkok or were you able to venture out into like some of the other communities? When we were in Thailand, we were just in Bangkok. And then we did spend, I can't remember how many days in Singapore also. And that was unique as well. Um, but no, we were just in the city of Bangkok. But uh, my goodness, it was, it was cool. Yeah, my first introduction to uh, Thailand, Bangkok, was would probably be, it was this martial arts movie I watched like when I was in college called Ong Bak. It stars this guy named Tony Jaa. He's a huge martial arts actor from, from Thailand. Oh. And that movie is absolutely incredible. Some of the I best stunts, some of the best fighting that I've, I've seen to date. But, and that, yeah, that was all shot in Thailand. My mom actually loves martial arts movies. So I'll have to check that out and get it for her because that sounds really cool. Oh, it's a classic. It's a nice. classic. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that's it. You have survived the crow's nest. Congratulations. Ah, that was really fun. That was not nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so real quick, what are some things that you have coming up with your business, with your podcast? Where are some, this is your chance to plug what you have going on. <laughs> well, let's see. Okay. I am working on season two. I'm in recording for season two. I'm hoping to launch that in the next week around Thanksgiving. Uh, give or take, I'm not hundred percent sure yet, but the week of Thanksgiving next week, I'll be, uh, airing my first of season two coming out soon on my podcast. That's no place like Ohm. You can find me on Instagram and all that jazz. Um, let's see what else. The subscription boxes are really my big focus right now. I'm so excited for those. We're going to have over $99 worth of products and services in each box, full-size products. And I, as I said, a service to go with it. And then there are choices. You're never going to pay full price. You're going to, you could get it for as low as $55 a box. And I'm so excited to be doing that. Um, all my goodies start arriving this week to start, start doing that. And yeah, we are, uh, online only at the moment for, for, it's hard to say how long he said two weeks, but I suspect that'll be a little bit longer, but we are working to continue to add to that online schedule. So there are some really beautiful offerings for everybody in a range of styles and choices. So truly any level will have some things that they can tune in for, for us. We have teacher training, um, hopefully coming up as well. It's a different year. So a lot of that will be online. Um, but we do have some in-person if, and when the guidelines change, but yoga teacher training is something that we do every year. And that is something we are so passionate about is training other teachers. Carrie was in our program, uh, Lady Gotcha. And um, we, I can't even, I don't even know the number of people we've trained uh, in the last many years, but that is a sincere source of joy for us. So I hope we get to do that this year. Awesome. And how can people find you if they want to look you up or look up Indigo or look at the podcast? How can they find it? Okay, so indigowellness.info is our website for the yoga studio, but you can find that on Instagram and Facebook as well. And then the No Place Like Ohm, we do have a, a website, but you can, any of your major uh, platforms that you listen to podcasts on, you'll find us there, but we have an Instagram page and, and all that jazz. And, uh, and so, yeah, just Google me, you'll find me, and I'm excited to have any of you join me on any of my random adventures, so. Very cool. All right, well, Abby, thank you so much for for hopping on the podcast with us and sharing with us with all the awesome things that you have going on. It was so much fun, Juwan. Thank you so much for having me as a guest today. I really, really enjoyed it. And everyone who's uh, checking us out at home, thank you for listening or watching another episode of the 100 Series Everyday Awesome Podcast. Wishing you all peace, prosperity, and positivity. Take care of yourselves. Namaste. And as always, keep it 100. <laughs>